Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Three-day minicamp has uh, wrapped up. It actually started with uh, with a free agent tryout camp, I guess, on uh, on Saturday. But uh, overall, um, I mean, this was a different camp uh, than what we have been used to with the Edmonton Eskimos. The last few years, it's been more of a, a rookie camp. But uh, tell me about the vibe uh, this time around, because you were here last year uh, for for minicamp uh, when you when you first just you know came on board as GM and VP of Football Ops. But what was the vibe this year like? It was a great vibe, a lot of energy. I think all the players, especially the vets, were excited to get back at it, excited to see each other. Um, you can see the camaraderie of the group just on how they greeted each other at the airport, the dinners, the hanging out, studying the playbook, in the meetings, and then on the on the playing field, it was just great energy, arguably the best I've seen for many camps, whether it was Ottawa, the Jets, any team I've been with. People were flying around. It was fast-paced. And uh, you know, I think a lot of that is because we've got the same schemes on the both sides of the ball, so... Uh, guys didn't have to think as much they could just play fast and it really showed yeah could could you tell right away when uh you know i mean day one is day one right and quite often day one is you got to knock the rust off and these guys haven't run around like that for a while but uh uh did you did you notice right away that hey like these guys are picking it up easy yeah i really you know both jason and i comment on this we didn't see a lot of rust but there's some guys that are new to the team that were slower than others but all the incumbents and the people that were important cogs of what we did in 2017 picked up right where they left off and it was as if we were playing just yesterday so it was very refreshing to see exciting to see and i think everybody here is anxious and excited to get going here in just under a month yeah how much is this going to be a really good jump off point for for your group that uh you know the 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 physicality and and the speed the pace of of practice is going to pick up and i mean it's a different training camp for this team this year because you you play fast and then you play even faster after your first game and then you got an open uh week for the final week of training camp which i know you'll be very busy um with uh Mm -hmm. with with your players uh but how much does this camp help going into the main camp it's a huge, huge help. We we did actually three enormous installs. Our, our linebacker coach told me today, he's like, we put in our entire defense. So we were putting things in way ahead of time, whereas, as you mentioned last year, it was a rookie camp, so we didn't have any of our, our signed people under contract, whereas this year we had everybody. So we feel like we just got a three-day, a full three days on the field and four days overall jump on training camp, um, and we think it's going to be really advantageous for us. We're joined by Brock Sundlund, the Vice President of Football Operations and a General Manager of the Edmonton Eskimos here on 630 Chat Inside Sports. Brock joining us from uh, Las Vegas as the Eskimos have had a, a mini camp over the last uh, a few days. Now, we had Mike Riley on the show yesterday, and uh, Brendan Albrecht, who was hosting uh, Inside Sports last night, uh, asked him, okay, who, is, who has really stood out to him? Um, and I think it's, you know, that question may be a bit easier for a quarterback, uh, and, he, and he mentioned Duke Williams right away. So as the General Manager, um, when you have to evaluate so many guys was there one position group or uh you know a, a, a player or two that really jumped out to you yeah a lot. i mean the first guy i would say is mike rally i mean he is the mop so people will say well duh but uh he he is the difference maker i mean and he picked up right when i talk about picking up where we left off i mean our offense was in sync we were playing fast and he was um you know unleashing the ball everywhere out there on target and uh so he's the first one that jumps out. Uh, really, a lot of guys. Look, you know, our receiving core we think is second to none in the league. So all those guys played extremely well. Um, a couple of younger running backs really stepped up. You know, Shaq Cooper uh, really had a lot of great runs, showed a lot of bursts. And then overall, our, our uh, 
secondary had a good, you know, they won a series of one-on-one yesterday and that's really an offensive drill. It's rare that a defensive, a DB will, will win that drill. And they did. So I'm giving you a lot of, a lot of answers there, but you know, I think it just shows that we think that the team overall had a good camp. And you mentioned Mike Riley being, uh, you know, he's he's your number one leader on the team, obviously. Um, and you've lost some leaders in the offseason. You made some some tough decisions. But uh, tell me about just transitioning to the next group of of leaders, you know, because I think you got your core and the, the, there was a core that was together for a number of years, won a great cup back in, in 2015. Mm-hmm. But you had to make a lot of tough decisions in the offseason. Uh, but there's still elements of your core there from that era. And then there was, you know, you, you've mm-hmm brought in some you know going back to last year some some veterans that mix in uh with that core with with uh, this core and it's a new core right well that's not just us that's every team in, in the era of pro football right now and free agency no team is going to be the same year to year so um i understand there's some very popular players that we moved on from whether it be by trade release so on and so forth um and i i don't mean this in a bad way, but just because they're, mo- they're the most popular at times doesn't mean they're always the best leaders. Not that those guys weren't good leaders, but I think sometimes I can overshadow the leadership of others, such as Aaron Grimes, J.C. Sheridan, Armando Sewell, um, you know, the, the leader of the team, Mike Riley. So uh, we're certainly not void in experience and leadership, I'll say that much. We're joined by Brock Sunderland, the uh, GM and VP of Football Ops for the Edmonton Eskimos here on 630 Chet Inside Sports. Eskimos just completing a, a mini camp down in Las Vegas. Uh, what are you noticing about uh, Jason Moss? It's his third year as, as head coach. Now he adds the uh, offensive coordinator title uh, to his uh, portfolio, something that he's done before. I mean, he was the, the, he was the OC mm-hmm. in Ottawa. He was the OC and head coach in his first se- season in Edmonton as a, as a rookie head coach. It seems to me, Brock, I mean, it's it, it, sometimes it's a worrisome thing in football. Well, should the head coach have a have a, you know, a coordinator title beside him? But there's just some people that can handle it. And Jason seems to be one of those guys. Yeah, I think sometimes that's overblown a little bit. I mean, even when he didn't have the title last year, he was very active in game planning and sent with Mike all day, scheming up things and and helping Carson significantly. So uh, I think just because someone has a title or doesn't have a title, a lot of times the role is the same. So the optics of it are different, but I think the roles are the same. And he's already proven that he can handle it. They had a very good team in 2016, and he had both roles. And that was as a rookie head coach. So he's going to the year three here with even more experience. And, you know, I'm biased, but I personally think he's the best play caller in the CFL. So, you know, we're very happy to have him do that role. And and as I said, even last year, he was – just because he didn't have the title didn't mean that he wasn't extremely – active and, and partaking in all the game plans, and even some of the play calling on game day. In, in the coaching staff, too, I mean, you're only good as your depth, right? And the, he's got good help around him in the offense. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I, we, he and I see eye to eye on this, and I know he's spoken about it publicly, and I have too, is, you know, we feel continuity if you have the right people is huge. And that's what I mentioned earlier is, you know, the energy and how fast our team came out and played this weekend. A lot of it has to do with players on the schemes. They're not learning right away. They're getting refreshed. And the less you have to think, the faster you can play. We really believe in that. So that's a huge part of it. 
Uh, we've talked a lot about the offense. Uh, let's maybe uh, spend a couple minutes talking about the defense. Uh, your secondary, veteran-laden. you got a good core in your linebacking core. Nice to have J.C. Sherritt back, and uh, Adam Cornar was huge to bring back. Um, the the competition at nickel is going to be fun to watch. Your D-line is where I want to focus on. And, uh, you know, you look at your receiving core, and a uh, little bit of a revamping there with your leadership, but and the same thing with your D-line. Much younger, but uh, what, what did you see out of your D-line over the last three days? Uh, explosive guys on the edge and a very deep and talented interior. You know, we have one thing about some of those guys is they're very versatile. So Mike Moore is listed as a defense tackle, but he played defensive end for us in Ottawa, and he can kick out. He did yeah. it last time, last year at times. So, you know, Alex Bazzi is experienced. Quick Boateng wasn't here, but he's now a veteran. Uh, so Mike Moore can kick out there. And then some of the new signees we have were – uh, quick twitch, they're explosive, they can change direction, and uh, they play fast. So we're excited about them. Uh, what's next, I guess, for you with, with the roster? Um, is there, I believe there's a deadline coming up on May 1st, right? April 30th, actually. Oh, April 30th, sorry. But uh, so yeah, is we, there... have to be to, we have to be to 75 by April 30th, midnight of April 30th. So the tough decisions have started early for you. <laughs> They have. I mean, they're they're there year round, but now we have uh, a mandated deadline on. So we had a very good meeting this morning with our entire personnel staff and our coaches, and you know we're all on the same page of some of our pending moves coming up here, and, and then we'll have the draft after that. And before we know it, it's going to be report date on May nineteenth, and in less than a month, we're going to be on the field for real for training camp. Time flies, eh? <laughs> I mean, the the off season seems to be going faster and faster every single year now because it's just so busy. Is there an off-season? <laughs> I don't think there is. Oh, there, there's a business yeah, season. No. Sorry. Uh, Commissioner Randy Ambrosi declared a business season <laughs> and, a, and, a, and, a, and a season. So, yeah, you're right. There is no off-season. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We're joined here by Brock Sunderland, GM and VP of Football Operations of the Edmonton Eskimos here on uh, 630 Chet Inside Sports. Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins tonight. Um, you mentioned the draft, and I don't want to just delve into you know, nuts and bolts of the draft uh, too much here, but um, – it is next Thursday. Um, you do have a six overall pick. You have eight picks in total. Um, I guess overall, what's your sense on the, the the type of draft that it will be this year? Well, I think I, I'm a little generic in my answer every year, but I say the same thing is we'll know three years from now what this draft class is like. I think anyone that goes into it who says this has X, Y, Z, and I always say maybe, but let's find out what happens when they really – make teams or don't make teams and how they play out because you always have guys taking the late round or even free agents that turn out to be all-stars and even potentially hall of famers. And you always have guys that are first round picks that everybody's doing cartwheels over on draft day and they just never really turn out. So there's so much that goes into it, not only of what type of player they are, but you know, one aspect that I think people forget about is their people. And what I mean by that is if they go to a team and there's a coaching change, even just a position coach and there's not a gel Sometimes it doesn't work out. It's not the organization's fault or the player's fault. It's just not a right fit. So there's so many different variables that go into whether a player is successful within an organization. So to say what kind of draft class is it, I always say you just don't know until you find out once they've gone on the field and, and proven that they can or can't do it. You just do your work and then you just you just evaluate, right? It happens every year. Exactly. Um 
the fact that the the uh, NFL draft and the CFL draft are going to be about a, a week apart, um, it's not that big of a change. Uh, I think last year was like 10 days or something like that in between drafts, and that's what it usually is. But you, you know where I'm getting at here is you're, you're looking at prospects that are priority free agents or, or those that uh, doesn't look like there's any prospects that will be drafted this year. But uh, um, the fact that the season is moving up a week early, that moves up the draft, does that affect uh, the decision-making process at all with, with your list? No, because if an NFL team likes to play and they draft them, they're going to do it regardless. So, you know, like you mentioned, they're taking drafts ahead of us anyway. So it doesn't really change anything. I mean, if, if there's a guy that we love and he's taken extremely high, whether it's seven days, ten days, or a month ahead of time, that would change where we slot them on our board. Uh, due to the the where they went in the NFL draft, but the time frame between their draft and our draft wouldn't change that at all. All right. Now, final point. Uh, on April 24, 2017, a, a young man by the name of Brock Sunderland was named the Vice President of Football Operations and General Manager of the Edmonton Eskimos. Oh, look, today is April 24, 2018. <laughs> so congratulations on that? your one-year anniversary. Yes, you, you you have survived quite the year. Yeah, I don't think you expected you were going to be as busy as you were with all the injuries within the season. But uh, I guess when you look back on this last year, um, what really comes to the forefront? Uh, the injuries are a big part of it, uh, just for the reason that you mentioned. I mean, it was a record for CFL, so I don't think you ever anticipate a lot of injuries ever, and, and you always have to juggle a little bit, whether it be roster, on the field, and certainly cap implications. But to walk into a job, your your first time in the role and have a record-setting year, um, that certainly jumps out. And then more than that, just how great the organization is, because it wasn't just finding players. Uh, it was a lot of help on a lot of fronts, whether it was you know, Chris Hagerman helping out on the salary cap, Nick Pelche with players coming in and out, Nate Hay doing a great job with the injuries and trying to get people back. And then um, I'm not going to name every coach on the staff, but it starts with Jason. And there's got to be a connection between personnel and coaches. So if there would have been any sort of disconnect or not good communication, the players that we brought in to fill in for those injured players wouldn't have worked out. So uh, just the communication and, and everybody pulling the same direction really sticks out. There's no way that uh, a team can be successful and, and win 13 games in spite of the adversity that we had if we're not all on the same page, and, and that was pretty special. Well, I certainly hope from the injury front you're you're much less busier than you were last year. So, <laughs> You and me both, trust me, you and me both. Brock, thank you so much for your time. Uh, we'll see you soon. Uh, training camp's coming very quickly here in Edmonton, so uh, appreciate your time as always. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Look forward to seeing you out there in about a month.